babies and young children just want to be seen. They want the connection and the real, you know, meaningful, loving um, interactions. And that is by far the best thing that we can provide to, to them. The only other thing I would add is, you know, really being able to use our our own ability to be aware of how we are feeling and being able and willing to just take a momentary break if that's what you need in a moment of overwhelm. Inform, educate, advocate. This is your source for all things early childhood. From nurturing healthy development to overcoming behavioral challenges and recognizing mental health needs. Welcome to Centering Kids, advice from the experts at the Florida Center for Early Childhood. So I have a confession to make. Even after having two of my own children, I really didn't understand the importance of brain development in infants. We all know that babies learn motor skills and speech, but what about healthy emotions? Well, today we'll talk about infant mental health as it relates to healthy development. You're listening to Centering Kids, and I'm your host, Kristen Tyson. I'm so happy to have a few special guests on the podcast today, and joining me to introduce them is Dr. Christy Scobland, CEO of the Florida Center for Early Childhood and board member of the Florida Association of Infant Mental Health. Christy, why don't you help welcome our guests? Thank you, Kristen. I'm super excited to introduce our two guests today, Dr. Christine Hughes-Pointier and Dr. Harleen Hutchinson. Dr. Hart Hutchinson is the current Vice President of the Florida Association for Infant Mental Health, and Dr. Hughes-Pointier is the Director of Training and Communications with uh, the Florida Association for Infant Mental Health and a former board member. And I'm so grateful to have you both here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Before we get started, I just want to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dunlap & Moran, a local law firm in Sarasota that offers clients a wide array of legal services, including real estate transactions, estate planning, tax matters, probate administration, and more. They not only work to solve clients' current needs, but they anticipate future concerns as well. To learn more, you can visit DunlapMoran.com. All right. And I will say they are also a supporter of the Florida Center for Early Childhood. So we thank them for that. Now, as we get started, why don't each of you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and um, your experience with the Florida Association of Infant Mental Health? And um, Christine, maybe we can start with you. Absolutely. So I joined FAME, as we affectionately call it, um, as a board member in 2014. And, you know, what really piqued my interest was being a developmental psychologist. I have known about infant mental health, but really I wanted the opportunity to get connected to the group of professionals across Florida who focused on that in all things that we do and promote within our state. So beyond just understanding our social and emotional development, um, you know, beyond understanding the milestones, I really wanted to dive deep into um, into the network of people across lots of different disciplines who work to promote the important relationships and you know using that reflective practice in their service with babies and young children. So that's really why I have been 
this fan for so long. Um, first as a, a board member, and now I'm honored to be a part of our fame staff. Wonderful. And Arlene, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about your experience with fame and, and your background. Well, basically, uh, my experience with fame started out as a chapter chair for the past uh, eight years. I was originally a chapter chair and now a chapter. Um, and in that capacity for the past eight years, I was very much involved in community work um, with different partners in our community, advocating for um, early childhood mental health services. And then um, those opportunities have actually taught me that I realized that the idea of infant mental health was lacking in our community and in communities across Florida. Although there are services that are being provided, but the, the critical needs of young babies and young children aren't being met. So at that level, I was very um, much involved with FAME. And then um, most recently, um, this year, I became the, the vice president of FAME and um, to actually carry on that work statewide. Um, prior to joining FAME, I was fortunate, my background stemmed from um, the public health field. I started as a public health educator working with teen parents who I noticed at the time were lacking the skills and then progressed into the child welfare system for years, working with um, young children exposed to trauma and substance abuse and mom. So as a result of that, I pursued my doctorate degree and I was fortunate enough to do it in a infant mental track um, working with um, young ladies and children who have been exposed to trauma. So the field of infant mental to me is very close, is very daring, and very passionate for me. Um, because um, at that level, I really do believe that we have to be the champions and voices of the babies that we serve in our communities and across the state. Great. Wow. So you both have clearly a um, wealth of experience and knowledge to bring to this topic. And something that you um, mentioned, Harlene, was about working with teen parents who are not, um, are you know, may not have the skills to to raise a child. And I think that a lot of us really, no matter what age, you need some additional knowledge um, and training or courses to be able to really nurture the healthy development of our children before you even think that you should have that information. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And in doing so, one of the things that I realized, especially with teen parents and also with parents in general, we know that we parents according to the way we were taught parents, right? But we also know that most parents are just really doing the best that they can with what they have learned. So with those experiences, the way they were taught, it's all about the work that we do is actually teaching them how to disrupt that negative intergenerational parenting to make sure that they're actually getting those opportunities to uh, just retell their own narrative of how to provide positive parenting for their children. And Christine, you mentioned something about reflective practice. Maybe for people who aren't um, you know, in the field and don't understand what that means, could you talk a little bit about that as it pertains to the infant mental health? Sure, absolutely. So in infant mental health, no matter what your role or which field you are in specifically, whether it's early learning, uh, you're a a mental health clinician, um, you know, early intervention specialist, we represent so many professionals who work with infants and young children. But part of what makes us infant mental health professionals is that we're constantly holding the baby in mind. 
as we go about our work or as we go about um, you know, setting policy or creating program policies. And that requires us to be reflective, to use our awareness of you know, the impact of our words, um, thinking about the relationships that we are in. You know, an example could be a home visitor. When you're using reflective practice, you're really thinking about not just what you want to, you know, teach or educate the parent on, but really in understanding how the relationship that you have with the parent is influencing that work, the relationship that the parent has with that baby is influencing, you know, you as a professional, your beliefs and, um, and you know, thoughts for next steps and what to do in the work. Being reflective really has to do with using our own self-awareness in so many layers in the work that we do with infants and young children. Because just like Harleen said, you know, oftentimes when we parent, we, we kind of do it out of what we learned ourselves and, um, you know, the attitudes and, and things that we brought um, from when we were small and the relationships we have. But just like that, professionals also have assumptions and um, beliefs that we bring into our work with other people. And using reflective practice is all about being aware of what we bring, what the other people in the, in the relationship bring, and how that all interacts. Okay, excellent. Thank you for clarifying that. And I think that, you know, it's probably uh, a good way for us to go about our lives, not just about babies, but in reflecting on the relationships in our lives in general. And also realizing that when we're reflecting on our lives in general, we're, we're being intentional about it because when we do have interaction with folks, whether it's colleagues or with parents, and, and um, sometimes we get triggered, but we also need to know our own bandwidth that we have to actually um, take care of ourselves so we can actually take care of the babies and the families or even um, nurture those relationships so we can't pour from an empty cup in order to actually enhance those relationships and actually maintain those positive relationships. We really need to practice self-care and do the work that we do. Excellent point, yes. And I was also thinking that we're talking a lot about parenting or professionals, uh, but we haven't really mentioned the impact that um, daycares may have on the infant mental health. Um, you know, those people that are with the children, if the parents have to work, um, that could be a, a huge relationship for the child as they're growing. Absolutely. <laughs> we see that um, when we think about parents or teachers or children as far as teachers, we also sometimes keep seem to neglect that teachers are also a positive um, primary attachment trigger for uh, young children because they spend most of their time in preschool also. So you know that attachment relationship there is also um, equally important. When you see these kids in the preschool, it's all about the relationship because they, they, young children function in the context of relationship and they bring so much to the relationship. And yes, those um, professional teachers are, are charged to actually be that regular, be that support to them. So it's important that they're also getting that space to reflect on those relationships and what um, those little ones might be a tribute to them are, are how best to serve in the capacity that they do. Because um, each, um, 
each each child has their own unique differences and their own unique um, sense of abilities that actually sometimes impact in those relationships. Absolutely. And, you know, early learning providers, those child care teachers are absolutely part of our physical health workforce. So I understand that both of you have really been working together to spearhead a special week that celebrates babies. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the significance of this effort? Oh, yes. This is very dear to our same heart. Uh, Celebrate Babies Week actually came about a couple of years ago when um, it's actually um, spearheaded through our sister organization, Michigan Association of Infant Mental uh, and as a result of them, we've actually um, started doing celebrating babies uh, for a couple of years now at Hartford, Florida. Then at the state level, we decided to bring this level of awareness uh, to the critical needs of babies in communities across Florida um, through advocacy policies and education by honoring all the babies and professionals who work with babies uh, in their communities. And the reason why we're doing it at the state level because not so very often do we recognize that infant mental health is actually encompasses all disciplines and encompasses all professionals. It's a multidisciplinary field. So when we talk about infant mental folks, things is just about um, clinicians, right? So the purpose of doing this um, Celebrate Babies Week is to actually bring that level of awareness to the work that we all do at different levels, at policymakers, um, at advocacy, as home visitors, nursing, and to honor and, 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 and allow professionals to keep babies in mind, keep, keep professionals in mind for the work that they actually do. Christine, you want to pick it back? And as a result of that before, um, one of the things that we have actually done in some of our um, different um, chapter counties, we have actually um, gained proclamation to celebrate Babies Week um, from our city and county commissioners. So that's just the, um, we're setting the grassroots, the groundwork for what's bigger to come at the state that will hopefully um, in the future. Wonderful. Uh, Christine, did you want to add anything? No, it was a fantastic of, of how we celebrate babies and, and uh, where it came from. Okay. As we um, move on in talking about babies and infant mental health, and I just think it's it's wonderful that we have this initiative to be able to really shine a light on the needs of this unique audience and, and really all the relationships that are around babies. Um, I'm wondering if you feel like the pandemic has impacted babies and, and that development stage, and if so, how? And Christine, maybe you could take a stab at this one first? Absolutely. So I would say that the relationships that our babies have had over the past two years with the important adults in their lives um, has really been central to impacting their own mental health. So what we've seen is, you know, parents, especially those with really young children, have had incredible amounts of stress, whether it's from a job loss and, you know, financial struggles, um, or really just the incredible challenge of balancing having an infant or a toddler home with you, you know, when uh, child cares are shut down or your normal, you know, caregiving um, 
options aren't possible anymore. You know, trying to work and have your your baby or toddler around with you 24-7 has just created an incredible um, stress on parents. And so I think that, you know, because infant mental health is all about how our babies grow in relationship with others, who are they in relationship with? of their parents and their important caregivers. And so if they're really struggling, they don't have the emotional bandwidth or the, you know, regulation to, you know, or even the resources maybe to do that self-care that Harleen was talking about earlier to really um, be aware of how their stress is impacting themselves and their, you know, responsiveness to their um, babies. That, I think, is probably the biggest way that the pandemic has really impacted um, Florida's youngest children. We also see that parents are reporting that um, the stressors have impacted their children's way of sleeping, eating, you know, some their ability to cope. Because we see some babies that become much more clingy, some babies that become much more irritable, some babies that become much more um, fussy or, you know, they're issues of um, separated from their parents, especially because of the pandemic. We know that they're you know, in shelter, um, shelter in place and now they are transitioning back into the preschool environment. So that's really, really difficult for these little babies to make sense of. They're just trying to make sense of their world and, and trying to make sense of what is, what has happened in my world. Now that I was home with mommy all these two years, now that I have to transition back to school, that's really, really hard for babies to cope with. That's our excellent points for sure. And it almost seems like it's kind of a trickle down effect, you know, from the stress the parents are feeling and then that gets um, conveyed to the child and maybe the parents are more irritable than they would be and short tempered. And so then they're not the best parents they want to be and it affects their relationship. So it's kind of a vicious cycle, it seems. Absolutely. So maybe you can give some tips to parents or caregivers about how they can foster positive mental health development in their children. I know we talked about self-care, maybe some easy things that they could do um, when they realize that they're starting to get to the end of their fuse. So we encourage parents just to be good enough 32% of the time. And what we mean by that is just being able to spend just a few minutes with their child, talking to them, playing with them, just playing simple games such as peekaboo, singing with them, reading with them, just being in the present. Because we know that it's more important than video games. It's all about the relationship, all about being. Because we know that young children want to be seen, they want to be heard, and they just want to be noticed. So just having that one-on-one relationship where you're falling in love with your baby all over again or your child. It's all about being in their presence. I agree. I think that's so wonderful. And how you put that, Harleen, you know, babies and young children just want to be seen. They want the connection and the real, you know, meaningful, loving um, interactions. And that is by far the best thing that we can provide to them. Um, The only other thing I would add is, you know, really being able to use our, our own ability to be aware of how we are feeling and being able and willing to just take a momentary break if that's what you need in a moment of overwhelm, you know, to kind of reset, ground yourself, and with that pause, you 
have the opportunity to move forward in a way that's more informed and more intentional and that can also really go a long way um, when you're interacting you know and, and feeling stressed and overwhelmed with your little ones and Christina, I really appreciate, I really agree with you. I'm realizing that it's okay not to be okay. Parenting is a hard job. But it's, and, and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to make sure you're taking those moments to just pause and reflect and doing some, and doing some self, self-care for yourself. Just taking those moments to find gratitude within yourself. All of those tips are excellent. And I wish I had known those when I was dealing with the babies a few years back. But... How can how can we um, share this information and, and get people to um, to also share about the Babies Week and the importance of the mental health that we've been talking about? So I would say that Fame is a fantastic resource for all things infant mental health. Um, we are a community of more than 600 professionals around the state with many more friends of fame uh, spread throughout. You know, we are the best resources for um, everyone who wants to learn and who wants to start to practice, you know, our, our sort of um, founding or, you know, core principles uh, in order to promote infant mental health. I would invite everyone to join our infant mental health conversation. It's a really brief lunchtime conversation that we have going on next week on October 20th at noontime. Um, this is when we're really taking time to not only celebrate the babies and reconnect to our passion and our purpose for why we do this work, but also it's going to be a time for appreciation and gratitude um, and really you know, uplifting the professionals across all disciplines and fields, everyone who considers themselves to be an infant mental health professional because they promote relationship-based practices and, you know, self-reflection to come together and just um, be appreciated. That's really what FAME is all about. Christine, this is, I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And um, for, for folks that are listening, they can find much more information at the, um, at the website, fame.org, that's F-A-I-M-H dot org. There's so many amazing things on that website that um, can get get the community linked to the infant mental health world. It, it, they can hear about our training academy and the endorsement um, efforts that are going on across the state, the local chapters that are going on. And we are actually um, reviving our local chapter here, which we're super excited about. So I am. Um, I so appreciate you both for being a part of this podcast, and this is one additional thing that we're all doing to promote babies next week as well. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to share our knowledge with the public. Well, we yes, we really appreciate it, and we look forward to celebrating Babies Week and all of the wonderful information that will be available um, not only on the website but also on Facebook. And people can um, find the Florida Association for Infant Mental Health on Facebook, as well as other resources like the Florida Center for Early Childhood. Um, I would like to just say thank you so much to all of our guests today. Um, And I'm so glad that this message is being put out there about how mental health is just as important as physical health and especially even in babies. 
Um, I'm grateful to all of you for your time today and your continued advocacy for this cause. It has been a pleasure to have you join us. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thanks to our listeners. And don't forget, if you have a suggestion of a future topic for this podcast, let us know. We'll put the information in our show notes and we'll also put some information about the Celebrate Babies movement and some of the other events going on. Um, You can visit the Florida Center for Early Childhood at thefloridacenter.org to see how you can support more of our work and learn more about early childhood causes. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Centering Kids. You can visit the Florida Center for Early Childhood online at www.thefloridacenter.org to learn more and subscribe to this podcast. Have comments or suggestions for a show topic? Email us at podcast at thefloridacenter.org. Thanks again for joining us for Centering Kids, where early childhood experts give you tips and tools to help center children, foster their healthy development, and build stronger families.